Record 21 of We by Yevgeny Zemyatin. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Duty of an Author The Ice Swells The Most Difficult Love Yesterday was her day, and again she did not come. Again there came her incoherent note, explaining nothing. But I am tranquil, perfectly tranquil. If I do act as I am told to with a note, if I do go to the controller on duty, produce the pink check, and then, having lowered the curtains, if I do sit alone in my room, I do all this, of course not, because I have no power to act contrary to her desire. It seems funny. Decidedly not. It is quite simple. Separated from all curative, plaster-like smiles, I am enabled quietly to write these very lines. This first and second, I am afraid to lose in her in I-330, perhaps the only clue I shall ever have to the understanding of all the unknowns, like the story of the cupboard, or my temporary death, for instance. To understand, to discover these unknowns as the author of these records, I feel it simply my duty. Moreover, the unknown is naturally the enemy of man, and Homo sapiens only then becomes man in the complete sense of the word, when his punctuation includes no question marks, only exclamation points, commas, and periods. Thus guided by what seems to me simply my duty as an author, I took an arrow today at sixteen o'clock and went to the ancient house. A strong wind was blowing against me. The arrow advanced with difficulty through the thicket of air, its transparent branches whistling and whipping. The city below seemed a heap of blue blocks of ice. Suddenly, a cloud, a swift, oblique shadow. The ice became leaden. It swelled. As in springtime when you happen to stand at the shore and wait. In one more minute, everything will move and pool and crack. But the minute passes and the ice remains motionless. You feel as though you yourself are swelling. Your heart beats more restlessly, more frequently. But why do I write about all this? And whence all these strange sensations? For is there such an iceberg as could ever break the most lucid, solid crystal of our life? At the entrance of the ancient house, I found no one. I went around it and found the old Janet Trust near the green wall. She held her hand above her eyes, looking upward. Beyond the wall, sharp, black triangles of some birds. They would rush, cawing in onslaught on the invisible fence of electric waves, and as they felt the electricity against their breasts, they would recoil and soar once more beyond the wall. I noticed oblique, swift shadows on the dark, wrinkled face. A quick glance at me. Nobody here. Nobody, nobody, no. And no use coming here. In what respect is it no use? And what a strange idea to consider me somebody's shadow. Perhaps all of you are only my shadows. Did I not populate these pages which only recently were white quadrangular deserts with you? Without me, would they whom I shall guide over the narrow paths of my lines, could they ever see you? Of course I did not say all this to the old woman. From experience, I know that the most torturing thing is to inoculate someone with a doubt as to the fact that he or she is a three-dimensional reality, and not some other reality. I remarked only, quite dryly, that her business was to open the gate, and she let me into the courtyard. It was empty, quiet. The wind remained beyond the walls, distant as on that day, when shoulder to shoulder, two like one, we came out from beneath, from the corridors. If it ever really happened, I walked under stone arches, my steps resounded against the damp vaults and fell behind me, sounding as though someone were continually following me. The yellow walls with patches of red brick were watching me through their square spectacles, windows, watching me open the squeaky doors of a barn, look into corners, nooks, and hidden places. 
a gate in the fence and a lonely spot the monument of the two hundred years war from the ground naked stone ribs were sticking out the yellow jaws of the wall an ancient oven with a chimney like a ship petrified forever among red brick waves it seemed to me that i had seen those yellow teeth once before i saw them still dimly in my mind as at the bottom of a barrel through water and i began to search i fell into caves occasionally i stumbled over stones rusty jaws caught my eunuch a few times salt drops of sweat ran from my forehead into my eyes nowhere i could find that exit from below from the corridors nowhere there was none well perhaps it was better that it happened so probably that all was only one of my absurd dreams tired out covered with cobweb and dust i opened the gate to return to the main yard when suddenly a rustle behind me splashing steps and there before me were the pink wing-like ears and the double curved smile of s half closing his eyes he bored his little drills into me and asked taking a walk i was silent my arms were heavy well do you feel better now yes thank you i think i am getting normal again he let me go he lifted his eyes looking upward and i noticed his adam's apple for the first time it resembles a broken spring sticking out from beneath the upholstery of a divan above us not very high about fifty meters arrows were buzzing by their low slow flight and by the observation tubes which hung down i recognized them they were the arrows of the guardians but there were not two or three as usual there were about ten or twelve i regret to have to confine myself to an approximate figure why are there so many today i dared to ask s why hmm a real physician begins to treat a patient when he is still well but on the way to becoming sick tomorrow day after tomorrow or within a week prophylaxis yes he nodded and went splashing over the stones of the yard then he turned his head and said over his shoulder be careful again i was alone silence emptiness far beyond the green wall the birds and the wind what did he mean my arrow ran very fast with the wind light and heavy shadows from the clouds below bucupolas tubes of glass ice were becoming leaden and swelling the same evening i took up my pen just now in order to write upon these pages a few thoughts which it seems to me will prove useful for you my readers these thoughts are concerned with the great day of unanimity which is now not far away but as i sat down i discovered that i cannot write at present instead i sit and listen to the wind beating the glass with its dark wings all the while i am busy looking about and i am waiting expecting what i do not know so i was very glad when i saw the brownish pink gills enter my room heartily glad i may say she sat down and innocently smoothed the fold of her eunuch that fell between her knees and very soon she pasted upon me all over me a host of smiles a bit of a smile on each crack of my face and this gave me pleasant sensations as if i were tightly bound like an infant of the ancients in a swaddling cloth imagine today when i entered the classroom she works in the child educational refinery i suddenly noticed a caricature upon the blackbird indeed i assure you they had pictured me in the form of a fish perhaps i really no no why do you say that i hastily exclaimed when no one was near her it was clear indeed that she had nothing resembling gills no when i referred to gills in these pages i was certainly irreverent oh after all it does not matter but the act is such think of it of course i called the guardians at once i love children very much and i think that the most difficult and most exalted love is cruelty 
you understand me of course certainly her sentence so closely resembled my thoughts i could not refrain from reading to her a passage from my record number twenty beginning quietly metallically distinctly to the thoughts etc i felt her brownish pink cheeks twitching and coming closer and closer to me suddenly i felt in my hands her firm dry even slightly prickly fingers give give this to me please i shall have it phonographed and make the children learn it by heart not only your venerians need all this but we ourselves right now tomorrow day after tomorrow she glanced around and said in a very low voice have you heard they say that on the day of unanimity i sprang to my feet what what do they say what on the day of unanimity the coziness of my room its very walls seemed to have vanished i felt myself thrown outside where the tremendous shaggy wind was tossing about and where the slanting clouds of dusk were descending lower and lower you boldly and firmly grasped me by the shoulders i even noticed how her fingers responding to my emotion trembled slightly sit down dear and don't be upset they say many things must we believe them all moreover if only you need me i shall be near you on that day i shall leave the school children with someone else and i shall stay with you for you dear you too are a child and you need no no i raised my hands in protest not for anything you really think then that i am a child and that i cannot do without a oh no not for anything in the world i must confess i had other plans for that day she smiled the wording of that smile apparently was oh what a stubborn what a stubborn boy she sat down eyelids lowered her hands modestly busied themselves with fixing the fold of the eunuch which fell again between her knees and suddenly about something entirely different she said i think i must decide for your sake but i implore you do not hurry me i must think it over i did not hurry her although i realized that i ought to have been delighted as there is no greater honor than to crown someone's evening years all night strange wings were about i walked and protected my head with my hands from those wings and a chair not like ours but an ancient chair came in with a horse-like gait first the right fore and left hind leg then the left fore and right hind leg it rushed to my bed and crawled into it and i liked that wooden chair although it made me uncomfortable and caused me some pain it is very strange is it really impossible to find any cure for this dream sickness or to make it rational perhaps even useful end of record twenty one